Well, there's a lot going on right now, but you know what? You still get to choose how you live. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, we're going to talk about the reality of what's going on right now, but I'm also going to give you some tips, some resources to give you hope and optimism in this time so we can move through this. No better days are coming. Hey, here's some of the questions I'm going to be addressing. Dan, I'm currently working a job that I very much do not like. It's very incongruent to what I believe are some of my giftings, but it's a job and it pays the bills. Well, here's another question. What way have you found the most effective to kickstart a new business? A lot of you are looking at ideas right now, and I've got some real solid tips. I'll tell you exactly what I did to start businesses. Dan, I'm 60 years old. I've been working at a government job for over 25 years, and very rarely have I gotten to use what I'm really good at. All right, we'll talk about that. Another one. I think I like the idea of my position more than I like actually doing it. But I really want to know what I'm good at and what jobs fit better. Well, we'll address those, unpack those in ways that give us some ideas for how to move forward through these uncertain, kind of ambiguous times right now. Our quotation today comes from Abraham Maslow who said this, a musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write, if he is to be ultimately at peace with himself. What a man can be, he must be. Interesting. A lot of you are taking a fresh look right now. Who are you with some of the normality wiped out? Maybe you've got an opportunity to kind of look at Gee, what you've always wanted to do or an idea that you had 20 years ago that you never acted on or the, the fact that you thought you were secure in a job and now the job is not secure as you thought. And it may be time to look at what you could do where you're more in the driver's seat. Well, our resource for today, earlier this week, I had Kent Sanders on as our Monday mentor guest in the Eagles community, and we had a resource there, and I love it so much, I want to share it here as well. It's 52 Ways to Unlock Your Creativity. Now, this is a really great resource, 52 Ways to Unlock Your Creativity. If there's one thing you better be doing right now, it's not just trying to keep things the same as they were or trying to get back to normal, but un locking your creativity. So if you go to 48days.com slash Sanders, Kent's last name, Sanders, just like it sounds, 48days.com Sanders, and you get that instantly, the 52 ways to unlock your creativity. Now here's the deal. I just want to kind of give, just acknowledge where we are. I mean, we can look around right now, see a lot of negatives, or you could grab the other handle and see the positive. I mean, it's kind of an open question. When we see things, times like this that we've come through, even if we look back just as recently as 2008, 2009, where there was kind of an economic crunch, right after that, there was an explosion of new businesses that we had never seen before. Uber, Airbnb, Square, Venmo, and I could go on and on. Those were all things that developed out of 
The Crisis. Joanna and I recently watched the series on TV. It's a docu, docudrama, I think it's called. The Men Who Built America. I was fascinated by it because it went through Cornelius Vanderbilt and shipping and then Andrew Carnegie and the railroads, John D. Rockefeller with what he did with oil, J.P. Morgan, what he did in the financial arena, Henry Ford, what he did with the cars. Now, all of those things were developed in what the nation saw as a crisis. And yet these guys were visionary enough to see a new solution that would transform the economy. Each one of those guys did that. And I, I love that, the idea that when there is a crisis, when there's something unexpected, we always see an explosion of new ideas, new creativity, ways that we can do things better. And I'm sure we're going to see that here as well. So is this a time to see the negatives or the positive? We get to choose. And next week, I'm going to be talking about the Stockdale paradox. And that was that really kind of unexpected story about James Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war. And Jim Collins wrote about it in his book, Good to Great. And it was where James Stockdale said the people who died in the prison camps were the optimists. Now, I'm going to wait till next week, and I'll tell you why. But it is a paradox. But I always choose to err on the side of being optimistic, as you know. And this is one of those times where we get to choose. But you know what? It really, it really doesn't matter your position. The reality is, here's where we are. We didn't choose to be in this time in history. We certainly didn't choose the things that are going on right now, but that's okay. Here we are. We don't choose when in history we're going to show up, but we can choose how we're going to live. I mean, you may not have asked for this moment. Certainly, there are things we'd prefer to see differently. Well, they aren't. We're going to have to make do. We're going to have to understand this, work through this, figure out how to be successful, how to make the most of this. People all through history have done that. We can look back all the way back to Adam and Eve, I'm sure, and see times where people had unexpected things happen to them, and yet they had the ability to choose, to figure it out. They made it work, and so can you. Now, here's some of the things that I'm going to recommend. You know that I have a list of five books that I recommend that every kid reads before they're 13 years old. Now, here's the deal. If you haven't read these, then now's a great time to do that. If you've got a little more time, you know, kill the TV, but read these books. It'll bring you out the other side of this, ready to rock and roll in all kinds of things. Those books, again, are, number one, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Quick little read, great, great book. Number two, See You at the Top, Zig Ziglar. Number three, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, the old classic. Number four, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. And number five, Acres of Diamonds, Russell Conwell. Those books will change your thinking. Your thinking is more important than the circumstances or the situation right now. Your thinking is going to determine how you come through this. And I'll put those in our show notes. Now, here's, here's kind of a, a good news piece, and I'll, I'll tell you why I'm inserting this. Music takes 13 minutes to release sadness and nine to make you happy. Now, this is out of a study they've been working on for some time. 
It's a British Academy of Sound Therapy, but they've identified exactly what kind of music stimulates positive responses and how long one must listen before these responses begin to activate. So we're all used to having music out there, but they found that it takes 13 minutes. That's the optimal listening time in order to release sadness. 13 minutes. Now, it's also important what kind of music you listen to. The kind of music that they say is best for releasing sadness is characterized with a slow tempo, simple melodies, no lyrics. And there is a song. It's called Weightless by Marconi Union. And I'm going to play that as our outro today. So at the end of the podcast, I'm going to play that. So you get an opportunity to relax, release all your sadness, all the wonderful things that can be done by listening to music. I love the, I love the study. I love the whole concept of that. Uh, Joanna and I do have you know, music on. A, now our, our TV is on a lot in our house. You know what's on? <laughs> music. Just music. We use it as a music stream. We can choose with Pandora or whatever. We can choose a playlist and we have peaceful, melodic music just gracing our home at any given time. Well, here's a note from listener uh, David Waddell from Australia. Just a cool piece. I wanted to share this as well. Dan, I'm a longtime listener, reader of 48 Days, probably around 10 or 15 years ago. My goodness. Yeah. And as you know, now it just as of now, the 20th anniversary edition is available. You can check it out on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Make sure though, it's kind of frustrating to me that older versions are shown as well. Now, they're not coming from the publisher. Those are just books that are in the that are out there somewhere and they're available. You know, people are always reselling books. So there's lots of them out there because there have been a whole lot of them sold. But make sure that you find the 20th anniversary edition. The, the title on this one is not just 48 Days to the Work You Love, but it's 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love. So there's a blue circle around and life on the cover. Just make sure that you're getting that when you're ordering it. Well, this, so, so David says, I heard you recently talking about libraries, overdue fees and innovation. Thought you might be interested in what the libraries have just done here in Brisbane, Australia. Yeah, I did. I've talked about that a couple of times about libraries for giving fees, the struggles libraries have at, have drawing people in for real books and all that. Well, there's still a lot of activity there. David says, overdue fees. Here the fees accumulate each day a book is late, but the fee is waived if it's just a few days. The result is that people who innocently forget are not punished unnecessarily, but those with no regard for due dates do face a hefty penalty. Once the overdue fees reach $10, membership is frozen, no more borrowing until it's remedied. And then in the lead up time to Christmas, he said the libraries offer a free amnesty where borrowers can have their fees wiped out if they bring in some canned food for the homeless. It's still a financial consequence for returning books late, but people feel less resentful and seem to prefer helping the homeless rather than paying a fee. I can certainly understand that. I get a different sense, different sense of feeling about that immediately. He says, last Christmas, the library in my suburb collected 1,934 cans of food through this initiative. And the weekend before the libraries closed for the virus shutdown, right now they are closed pretty much everywhere in the world, they raised the borrowing limit from 20 items to 60 items, all with the due date of June 30th 
2020, which may be extended depending on when the libraries reopen, queues formed outside libraries before they open. I was so excited to people lining up for books. It was such a brilliant decision, which got books in the hands of people rather than being locked behind doors for months. Well, I love that. Got a great, thanks for sharing that, David. Cool things. Innovation even in the library system. Now, there's. I want to tell you about another a resource here that you can access right now. I did, and I'll tell you why. I got, I got a note from Jen McDonough, a longtime 48 Days listener, and she said, here's a course that's being offered from Yale for free. Well, several people have alerted me to that. There's been a lot of buzz out there about this course that's being offered through Yale University. Yeah, the real Yale. You can have bragging rights because you took a course through Yale University. The course is the science of well-being. Now, here's the deal. Lori Santos is the instructor. The science of well-being. There's a couple reasons I'm telling you this. One being, this is a, a great way to access wonderful information. It's from a respected university, obviously. It's totally free. Secondly, it reminds us how education is changing so that you can access the very best instructors in the world, maybe not by having to travel to a particular city and then go to a campus and go in a building and sit in a seat in a classroom, but certainly just by jumping online. Now, a lot of people are being opened up to the possibilities of that right now where so many things, physical locations have been closed down, but you can access information, courses, classes, conferences, anything you want virtually. Well, this is another way. So here's the deal. In the past month, more than 600,000 people have signed up for this free online course, The Science of Well-Being. Now, it was originally taught back in the spring of 2018 by Yale psychology professor Lori Santos. It's the most popular course in the more than 300-year history of Yale, The Science of Well-Being. Now, I, don't, I, I signed up for it. I signed up for it. I already registered for it. But here's the deal. So I said that there were 600,000 people that have signed up for it in the last month. Here's where enrollment stands at this point. I just checked a little bit ago. 1,153,744 people have signed up to take this class. Again, you talk about a transformation in how education takes place. This is phenomenal. Now I'll put a, I'll put a link in there. It's through Coursera and I'll put a link to the science of well-being. You, you can easily do a Google search and find it if you want. I don't have an affiliate link or anything. You can just find it, but I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes where you can go right directly there. Now here's what you'll see when you sign up for this. It's eight modules. You can go through them at your own speed, but they Assume like one a week that you go through, it'll take you about an hour each. So you can, if you have more spare time, you can accelerate the speed at which you're going through it. But you also will see if you want to get a certificate when you finish. So you get a certificate of completion for this course from Yale University. You can do that. It's $49. So you can do the full course, no certificate at absolutely no cost, or you can do $49 to get the certificate. I did, I paid the $49. So do you think it's important for me to have another certificate to hang on the wall or to have bragging rights that I completed a course at Yale? Well, not necessarily, but I did it for a couple of reasons. One is 
it's like giving somebody a tip. I mean, just the, the, the fact that this professor put it together and that's available through their technology. If it's worth something, then I ought to invest something. I ought to be willing to pay something for that. So I went ahead and paid the $49. The other reason is it puts skin in the game for me. If I sign up for that course, don't pay anything. Ah, I may not. Yeah, I may be busy. You know, maybe I'll never go back to it. But if I paid $49, which I did, then I'm more likely to go back to it and actually work through it. So there's two reasons for that, and I would recommend you do the same. Well, let's get into some of our questions here for today. God, there's so many things happening in the, the world around us, things I'd love to share. But I do want to honor the questions that continue to come in. As you know, you can shoot a question in at any point. Just use the email askdan at 48days.com. So this comes from Lenora. Who says, Dan, my question for you is, what ways have you found the most effective to kickstart a new business? Thanks, Lenora. And she's from Muncie, Indiana. Now, I have no idea what kind of business you've got, Lenora. But here's, here's my recommendation. Talk to a thousand people. Tell them what you're doing. No matter what it is, if you're washing windows or mowing yards or doing art or speaking or coaching, you know, we're opening a hardware store. <laughs> Talk to a thousand people. That's a pretty good starting point. When I look back at when I started doing all the things that I do today, it wasn't just, eh, I kind of had an idea and hoped it would happen. No, I was teaching a Sunday school class on the very principles in 48 Days to the Work You Love as it's developed now. I was doing a weekly Monday night seminar. I did that for eight years, just free in the community. People would come. We would usually have 70 or 80 people there. We'd give them handouts, and they'd get engaged in other things we had to offer. I was writing for magazines. I've always loved writing, so I was writing, taking the content as I was developing it, refining it with real people going through these transitions. I would write for magazines, and that stimulated more activity. I would speak. Any organization wanted me to speak. I mean, Joanna and I would go out on a Sunday night to a church and have four people there. Didn't matter. I'd speak. Spoke at Rotary Clubs, civic organizations, all around from where we live here in Franklin, Tennessee. Did that a ton. I was I had a deep friendship with my uh, good friend, Dave Ramsey. He was just starting his radio show. He would tell his listeners as those listeners grew into the thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions that you need to make more money. You need to get my buddy Dan Miller's material. He would tell people that still does today. But in those early days, it was really significant. I would set up and volunteer at career days at universities so those are the kind of things that I was doing. So I was doing a lot of things that drove the success. Now, here's what happened. So my business of coaching, speaking, writing, live events, selling books and courses, yeah, it took off. It exploded. But it wasn't just because I had a good idea and just sat there behind a nice website. I was out there engaged with people. As a matter of fact, back then, a website was very insignificant. I mean, we didn't have blogs and podcasts and Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest and Instagram. None of those existed back then. Well, you know what? That method still works. But my real bottom line is you got a business, talk to a thousand people and you can go from there. 
All right, Carly says, hey, Dan, I enjoy your 40 Days Booking Podcast. Here's my question. I'm currently working a job that I very much do not like. It's very incongruent to what I believe are some of my giftings, but it's a job and it pays the bills, although not enough as I'm currently living with family and not able to live in my own. It's been a dream of mine to have my own business so that I can support myself and have time freedom and location freedom. I don't have a business I'm passionate about yet, although I'm looking into Amazon FBA. I've also been looking into Airbnb, although not a hopping business right now with the state of the world. Yeah, that's for true. That's for sure. Not that I think I'm hugely passionate about either of those, but maybe I could be. I'm attracted to these businesses because they have the potential to create the life I want, time and location freedom, so that I can spend more time in missions, travel, ministry, volunteering, music, and with my family. But is the dream, now this is really important, Carly asked, is the dream to have time and location freedom enough of a dream? Or does it need to be more specific? I love music, but I don't think I'm good enough. And also my passion is lacking in this area to make it into a business at this time. Although I wouldn't love to be a songwriter, but I don't think I have the discipline to make that happen. At least not right now. I'm definitely in the boat of needing to rediscover my passion again after going through a divorce a couple years ago. My dreams for marriage, family, and music ministry were crushed I'm doing much better though. My heart is healing. And my biggest desire is to find out why I'm still in this earth sucking air. I really enjoy your podcast. Just love all that you teach us. Your spirit and passion are contagious. Thanks for all you do and offer us. Also, your customer service team is amazing. Well, thank you. I'm not sure what you've done to engage with them, but that's good news to hear. Now, Carly, you've got a whole lot of loose ends, obviously, in your questions, and understandably so. But the dream to have time and location freedom, you're saying, is that enough of a dream? No, that's not enough. Discover your why. I mean, time and location freedom are byproducts of your why. I mean, I I want to, you know, I want to write content that challenges and inspires readers to discover and initiate their own greatness. That really inspires me. That's my why. I love hearing from people who have read something I wrote, and it transformed their lives or put them on a path by them taking action to really give them new results. I love that. That's my why. Time and location freedom and income freedom are byproducts of that, but they're not something to be approached directly. So those can come, but they will not help you determine what it is that you do. So I want you to go back and revisit the basic 48 days principles. Look at your three areas, skills and abilities, your personality traits, your values, dreams, and passions. I mean, you're looking for that sweet blend, that three-legged stool that I talk about a lot, talent, passion, and money. You have to have all of those in place. See, you know, if you're just looking for time freedom and income freedom, and location freedom. I mean, you, you could help smuggle drugs into Miami from Cuba and have all of those. Time freedom, location freedom, income freedom. But that would not likely be a good solution. That's where you have to go back to. It's you that we need to look at. 85% of the solution here is looking at you, what you already know about yourself. Those little benchmarks along the way where 
God has helped you understand what your giftings are. And you talk about your affinity for missions and music. I mean, that's fine. Start with that and really refine what do you, what really drives you? Then you will have more clarity about what it is that you can do. And this idea about, you know, not knowing exactly what you're passionate about. Again, be reminded, passion is often more developed than it is discovered. So as you define something you can really do that then allows you to live the life that you want and really addresses your why, your passion will develop in doing that. Now, you mentioned Amazon and said that right now it's not doing much. Well, there are parts of Amazon that right now are absolutely exploding. I spoke with Jeremy James, another 40 Days Eagles member just this week. He's an Amazon. And I asked him, I said, Gallia, things are really slow for you. He said, oh my goodness, this is like Q4. Now Q4, the last quarter of the year for Amazon sellers is usually outrageous. I mean, they do 90% of their business in the last quarter of the year. He said, this is like that on steroids because, because people are not going out shopping, he's selling the kind of products they would normally go shop for, consumables. He can't buy them fast enough. And when I talked to him just earlier this week, he said that that day he would have between 70 and 80 orders going out. So he is absolutely thriving in the middle of what's happening here. So be careful about just a blanket sweep that, well, you know, nobody's doing well on Airbnb or Amazon. Well, yes, they are. Just be creative about where you're looking for the opportunities there. A couple other things that I want to just share with listeners here, because we, we've spent so much of the recent couple of weeks here talking about creativity and finding new ideas, and we're finding those things just bubbling up left and right, what people are doing. My granddaughter, Ashley, my, my daughter, her, her oldest daughter, Clara, who's 12 years old, has just recently put her artwork, some of the artwork she does, she does doodles, she draws little animals hidden in flowers and things like that. She put it up on Redbubble. Redbubble. I'll put a link to her actual shop because it's really cute. It's redbubble.com slash people slash clarified slash shop. So kind of cumbersome, but I'll put it in the notes. But anyway, she has a shop where she just put her artwork out there. Now, no cost, no obligation, nothing at all. Just put her artwork out there. Well, the first order that she got, like almost immediately, she made about $12. Okay, so not a big amount of money, but think if a 12-year-old girl was had just had one order like that a day. I mean, that, that's pretty interesting what happens with that. So that's a site where you can do that. You can put your thing, your artwork out there. And if people get it, they can get it on a shirt, on a mouse pad, on a mug, on a scarf, on a hat. I mean, all kinds of things. They can choose where to get that artwork. So if you have a, a cute saying or just really interesting art, you can put it out there. Redbubble, Karen Putz, another Eagles member, She's doing really well with her artwork, and she's putting it up on another site called Art of Wear. Art of Wear. And it's W-H-E-R-E, not W-E-A-R. Art of Wear. So there's a couple sites, Redbubble, Art of Wear. Just put it out there, and all of a sudden, these people are getting residual income, mailbox income, where they're not getting up every morning, going to an office, but it's just little ways. And there are a whole lot of people who are doing things like that where 
they're creating income. Go back to our, our quotation for today, you know, from Abraham Maslow, a musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write. If he is to be ultimately at peace with himself, what a man can be, he must be. I mean, I, this is not a time for people with creative skills to just say, well, that's not practical or realistic right now. I've just got to hunker down and just, you know, do something that I don't want to do. Well, there's a time to just get out there. And right now, goodness, Amazon is hiring. Walmart is hiring. Kroger is hiring. Home Depot, Lowe's are hiring. I mean, there's a whole lot of places out there that may not be your dream job, but it's a way to at least get in the game, be creating some kind of income while things are kind of sorting out and we'll get back to where opportunities, we can be a little more selective. Hey, just a reminder, these are real life questions that we're going through here at this point. You can submit a question or your success story. I'd love to hear those as well. Just shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. You can leave an audio message there if you don't like as well. You can see a microphone on any page at 48days.com. But easiest way, again, to submit questions is just go, just shoot it in to askdan at 48days.com. All right, Patrick says... A quandary at 60. I'm not even sure where to begin. I'm 60 years old. I've been working at a government job over 25 years. Very rarely have I gotten to use what I'm really good at. Plus, due to the growing bureaucracy, I've been regulated to very tedious task. The thing that I love doing and what I've done off and on for for, for years is 3D computer rendering. I've done projects for architects, product developers, and interior designers as a side business. My problem is I could never make enough money to be self-supporting. Plus, I've tried various online freelance sites, but never have been able to make a consistent income. My question is this, should I continue to pursue this? Plus, I want to expand into digital art, or should I try something else? Okay, this, you you can get multiple components here, Patrick, in your question. But I want to just gently remind you again of the Henry Ford quotation, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Your mindset about what the opportunities are or whether this is going to work or not are a whole lot more important than any kind of reality that's out there. There are people right now in 3D, computer rendering who are starving and have lost their jobs. And there are people who are killing it right now. Look at what people are doing to develop masks in a 3D printing arena because that's an immediate kind of need. And there are just things exploding where people are using their 3D printing capabilities to produce masks that can be used by healthcare professionals. Now, here's, here's how I want you to look at this. I'm, a, I'm an author. I love writing books. When I first started in this path and saw the opportunity to actually you know, produce a real book published by a real publisher, I realized information that is still true today. And that is 95% of authors never make more than $40,000 a year. Now, that should have terrified me and drove me off to do something more productive, more financially rewarding, Correct but I didn't do that. I love writing. So I simply looked at that statistic. Okay. 95% of authors never make more than $40,000 a year. 
how difficult could it be to put myself into the 5% who make way more than that? I simply looked at what most authors do and determined I was going to do things that most of them weren't willing to do and have done that. So most authors write a manuscript, send it to the publisher, and then they fold their hands, you know, they sit in that proverbial lawn chair down by the mailbox waiting for those royalty checks to come in, and then they're upset when that doesn't occur. Well, that's not what I did. I've never done that. I've never depended on or even expected royalty checks. It's nice when they come in. But what I've done is taken that core message, what's it out there, see in my book as a business card, get it out there, and then see how I can leverage that through speaking opportunities, coaching, courses, live events, online communities, masterminds. I mean, all those are kind of things are leveraging the very message. If you do that with your computer, 3D computer skills, you should be able to see seven or eight opportunities just like I did in writing. So don't just look for the normal kind of things, but be convinced you can do that. It may be designing the next Legos for kids. And I don't know, but there's so many possibilities with 3D computer rendering. And I just don't see a limit there at all. If you want to get clear on what it is that you want to do there. Now, here, Patrick, I suspect that you may be dealing with some of this. Should I be an employee or should I be an entrepreneur? I'm going to, I'm going to share another question that may lend some light in that arena. Now, this question comes from Jason. And Jason says, I'm 44. I have 40 days of the work you love. I recently started working as a project manager for a large commercial cabinet company. I have several years of experience in this field with a similar but smaller company. I quit my last project management job to pursue my own cabinet and home repair business, which didn't work out. I've never felt like I've fully discovered what I'm good at and therefore what I should do. I'm very good at the hands-on aspects with construction and carpentry, but I always feel like I struggle with the administrative parts of my position, which is also where I failed at my own business. I don't know how to figure this out. I think I like the idea of my position more than I like actually doing it, but I really want to know what I'm good at and what jobs fit better. Okay, Jason, again, golly, I want to commend you on the work that you do. You know, we're, we're losing so many people who are doing crafts, who are doing real skilled craftsman work. I mean, stone layers, you know, brick layers, masons, carpenters, trim guys, electricians, plumbers, you know, those things have been kind of snubbed our nose at those. No, you have to go to college. Well, now we got a whole generation of kids who went to college, have degrees in, you know, English literature and can't get a $10 an hour job. No, if you've got skills in cabinetry, wow, that, that is really valuable. I mean, Joanne and I are looking at houses, and one of the first things we notice are the kitchen cabinets. Are they quality? Are they beautiful? Tons of opportunity there. Now, here's the deal. I recently interviewed, as a matter of fact, I've got an interview already recorded that I'm going to share as a podcast when things get sorted out a little bit more here that I did with Gina Wickman, who has a brand new book titled Entrepreneurial Leap entrepreneurial leap. He identifies six things you have to have in there if you're going to be an entrepreneur working on your own. Six things. Number one, visionary. Two, passionate. Three, problem solver. Four, driven. Five, risk taker. Six, responsible, meaning you blame no one. 
Now he says you have to have all six. And if you don't have them, it's not something you can learn. You either have them or you don't. So either you were cut out to be an entrepreneur or you're not. Now I take issue with that. And you'll hear that when I have a conversation with him in the interview that I'll be sharing with you. But he says you have to have all six of those. Here's how I would approach this. And I think what you're dealing with in how you describe, Jason, your work as a cabinet maker, I would encourage you to find where you're gifted and then find other people whose skills complement your own. I mean, you may need someone to go out and sell and bid the job, leaving you free to be back in the shop building the cabinets. You may need someone to do your books so you have a clear sense of what your true costs are, what taxes you're going to have to pay, and what your real profit is. Now, in, in my business, again, a, a small business, there are probably 20, 25 things to be done in my business. Small business, no employees, no physical location. I probably do two or three of those things pretty well. So I have other people who do most of what's needed. Now, there's no shame in that. I mean, being an entrepreneur doesn't, you don't get you know, bonus points for doing everything yourself. Matter of fact, you get bonus points taken away for trying to do that because it's not realistic for anybody. So no shame in that. It's actually very smart to figure that out. Now, let me just end with this. We'll just wrap it up here. Brian Tracy, who's been teaching in, he had a cassette program years and years ago. I mean, when I was I suppose I might've been a teenager, how to get rich in America or getting rich in America, getting rich in America. I can, I can see the cover. He was standing there with a Mercedes like they often do. And, um, it, it, I went through that over and over and over again, but he says there are three things required for people to become millionaires. Number one, clear goals two, continuous learning and three, willingness to take risk. I love these principles that we can follow and say, okay, this is what I have to do to move into this. Well, hey, I want to wrap up. I told you I'd wrap up with the music that's going to relax you and remove all your sadness. Now we're going to go through 13 minutes. I only have a couple of minutes here to kind of wrap up, but I wanted to share that as an example of what I talked about earlier. Again, one of those things that people are finding out. I mean, I love this kind of research that opens our eyes to new information to help us live better. And again, we can choose how we live right now. Now here's kind of a summary and some of the things we talked about. Take that free course that I talked about, The Science of Well-Being. I'll give you a link to that. Listen to good music to reduce your stress. And I'm going to fire it up here as I'm talking, just so we can start to listen to this as a takeout here. This is the music that I was talking about. This is the music that they say is the most popular in the world for reducing stress. Now, to me, it sounds kind of, you know, monotone, it gets a little more lively as we go along here. But this is the music that they say will reduce your stress. So I'm going to finish my summary points here and be quiet so you can listen to this for a little bit. So take that free course, The Science of Well-Being. Listen to good music to reduce your stress. Talk to a thousand people to kickstart any business. Realize that time and location freedom are byproducts of why you're doing your business. And remember... Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And again, hey, thanks for being connected. Thanks for giving me the privilege of reviewing your questions as they come in. 
Again, you can shoot those into askdan at 40days.com. And again, just thanks for being part of this growing, excited community. A lot of you are already Eagles members. Check that out if you want to, 40dayseagles.com. But you're part of this growing community where we know without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what the circumstances are out there, what the situation is right now, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Don't settle for less.